Grace was a fun-loving, caring angel who was taken from us at only 19 years old. She died from a lethal combination of medications used in direct violation of the package insert warning for the use of morphine. Even after the lethal dosage was administered, she could have been saved if the hospital staff would have chosen to do so. All they had to do was give her the reversal drug, a drug that's required to be available, listed on the same package insert. Why did they ignore the morphine warnings? They claimed the doctor labeled Grace DNR, or do not resuscitate so they could do nothing, in spite of us screaming to keep her alive. An armed guard was even posted outside Grace's hospital room door, seemingly to prevent staff from helping. The combination of medications set up Grace's death. While she was still alive, the failure to use the reversal drug killed her. What was the motivation behind this tragedy? Only God knows. However, we have put together some interesting information that may help explain what took place if money was the primary motivator. Welcome to episode 58, Patriots, of the Patriot Review. This episode is heartbreaking, to say the least. Uh, we do tell the truth boldly, though, and you have heard the words in our introduction from Mr. Scott Shara, the father of Grace, who passed away due to, really due to a strict following of COVID protocols that have killed thousands across our country and around the world, in my opinion. And you notice that the intro graphic said, murdered by my doctor. Now that is the that is my opinion, and I ask you to form your own opinion after you watch this show. Um, I will say that uh, there are no physicians or medical staff that have been named in this. However, uh, it is... Uh, as I said, a tragic and, in my opinion, uh, purposeful event and premeditated event because these protocols do not allow for uh, certain treatments and things. And, and we'll get into that with Scott uh, soon. But first, what I want to do is I just want to cover a few things that I've noticed in the news. And I have some comments on that. So first off, we have Trump's response to the New York State uh, order for him and his two kids to sit for a deposition. So the witch hunt continues. Um, the despot and elitist uh, Letitia James out there, you know, my comment, Letitia, would be, how about going after a rogue criminal, perhaps the ex-governor of your state? 
who was a senior citizen um, serial killer, in my opinion. Uh, he seems to have been forgotten in all this. Interesting. Another headline that caught my eye was Pippi Longstocking here and uh, her Chinese propaganda from her overlords at the CCP. She's passing along saying that, you know, it's people like you and me, people who are on the right, who, you know, are purposely creating an atmosphere of violence against Asians. So a few facts, Pippi. Number one, some groups do discriminate against Asians. For example, liberal colleges that don't let them into colleges, their colleges because of their math scores being higher than other races. Um, largely, it's the black liberals, if you look, uh, attacking Asians on the street. Um, it is the black liberals who traditionally have uh, some uh, problems with the Asians, as has been demonstrated in countless large Democrat cities. Uh, let's see, who also supported those violent thugs who destroyed our cities and persecuted a boy for defending himself against, again, armed thugs who were felons and were illegally armed. And they attempted to kill him, and they openly said so before their attack, during their attack. And even one of them who doubled down and said that he should have killed the expletive whatever, um, it's it's... You know, it's strange how the facts don't seem to matter. So which party has blatantly been lying about the staged January 6th event? Which party looked the other way, released violent offenders, bailed out the scumbags who belong in prison, allowed the fascists to take over our city blocks, justified the assaults and murders committed by these same fascists? Yeah, that wasn't me. The same party, though, they also allowed violence, but they... Inst they not only allowed violence, but they instigated violence, exactly what they accuse others of doing. I'll give you just a little refresh. I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of them. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're 
and sadly the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before election day in November and they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. election day in November and they're not going to stop after election day and that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard enemies of the state to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard I will go and take Trump out tonight to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant in a department store at a gasoline station you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore anywhere Patriotically make your voices heard. Do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. Yeah, so you get the point. So, Pippi, um, why don't you start telling the truth, God forbid. You never will, and none of none of the people in your party or the uniparty rhinos will. And we know that what, uh, what President Trump was asking to have happen did not happen. We also know that 
there were a lot of illegal uh, changes made to the votes being accepted that that uh, several states had had as a of law could not be. We have the constitutional requirement that any uh, campaign or voting uh, rules or protocols that comes from the legislatures of the states. We know that Philadelphia, in particular, Pennsylvania, at the state level, uh, some changes were put in by the judge. Therefore, those changes were not legal because they did not go through the legislature. So anyway, back to Pippi, the violence, um, it's not our side, honey. It's not our side. Uh, we all know that. So moving on, we have another a, a prime example of, um, of honor and dignity. We have a Democrat uh, who was a little bit loaded and decided to talk to some kids in a some girls were at a slumber party in a really disgusting way. So Abby Broyles, um, she's accused of, of screaming at these kids vulgar phrases, including Hispanic effer, acne effer, judgy effer, and then she puked on some kid's shoes. So hasn't apologized as of yet, but that's the classy kind of folks that we have. And I, and I would say that there are several not so classy folks who have the big R next to their name as well. It would be nice to get back to a day when uh, the parties really were our, our purists and they actually are fighting for for you and I, regardless of what's next to their name. But we're in this age of elitism and, and uh, people who are only out for power, people who are only out for wealth. And unfortunately, both sides of the aisle are playing this game and we happen to be victimized by it. Uh, we'll be right back, and then we'll get into my interview with Mr. Scott Shara. Hey, Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR, or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. And I looked and behold a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. Man, 
it sure would be nice to have a producer who pushes all the buttons at the right time and everything else. Um, anyway, so I don't want to attack physicians and nurses in America, but listen to the facts of this tragedy as outlined by my guest, Scott. And instead of being upset with me or my guest, Scott, look in the mirror and question your own morality. If you're, especially if you're in healthcare, if you're a doctor, a nurse, etc., you know, wouldn't you insist that everything under the sun be tried if it were you or your family member, uh, you know, basically that was sentenced to die through withholding medications and withholding treatments that can possibly save your or their life, lives. So, you know, we have uh, 140 some studies about the vaccine not being effective. We have all kinds of studies on ivermectin and its successful uh, use. Ivermectin is also on the list of treatments that uh, you know are, are proven effective and much more safely, I would say, than remdesivir. You know, so I don't want to go into all that, but basically, of course, you know, you have right to try laws in several states, and of course, you would want to try everything. Instead, we have too many examples like this one that are out there. So, especially if you're a medical professional, you know, I call on you to do what's right. Uh, you know, refuse the protocol in favor of protecting life and upholding moral law. Um, I think that's all we can ask of you. And I, I wanna just say to the viewers again, um, make up your own minds after you see this. I mean, the title of this show, that's, that's my opinion based on what I've seen. And it's only my opinion. There hasn't been anything settled uh, in this case, in the in the court of law, and maybe there never will be because of, um, you know, basically a pr protection, uh, liability protections that were put into place. But uh, I, I sure hope that uh, God is with the families of those who have suffered loss and that there, there are uh, some consequences to these things. So I'll be back. After the interview, we're going to show it in its entirety. It's uh, like 57 minutes long. Um, so I ask you just to take a, a step back, pay attention to this, and think about it. Put yourself in the in the shoes of Scott and his family members. And uh, hopefully you can't relate because it's happened to you. But if it has, you know, you have my condolences. And for the rest of us, we just need to sit back and, and really realize what's happening and do something about it. So here we go. I guess today is Mr. Scott Shera. Scott tragically lost his daughter in October of last year due to the COVID protocols and the treatment she was given. Scott, first of all, my deepest condolences. I'm glad that you decided to come forward and tell your story. And uh, thank you for laying out such a detailed path ahead of time. So we're going to spend the whole hour with you. So welcome. Uh, glad to have you here. Well, thanks a lot for having me. You're so very welcome. And, you know, I wanted to just uh, let people know that uh, this is not an uncommon story. If this is the first time you're hearing about uh, people passing away or the families uh, not being involved as they should 
have been in the decisions of care. Uh, this Your story, unfortunately, is not the only one out there. This is repeating itself across the country, isn't it? It sure is. It's it should it should uh, uh, frustrate and anger all Americans as to as to what's really happening in our hospitals. Um, now you laid out, uh, like I said, a great path. So first, before we get started, though, I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to honor Grace and just say uh, whatever you'd like to say about her, and we'll let people know what you want them to know. Well, that's, uh, thanks for that. I could talk the whole hour plus about Grace. I, I had the opportunity to speak at her funeral and I, I uh, ended up speaking for 45 minutes. It just, uh, she was a great kid. Uh, you know, nobody, no parent should be blessed the way we were. You know, God gave us her and we had her for 19 years. She could do, uh, she could do everything. My wife, my lovely wife taught her to read and write. Uh, she could drive a car, ride a horse. She played um, I Can't Help Falling in Love by Elvis Presley on her violin at my, my daughter's wedding. Um, you know, she, she just, uh, she was, she was an absolute joy. She had a, a love of the Lord that is hard to grasp. Um, she knew God better than, than I ever have. And I am getting a lot closer to him be, because of her. And just to give you a perspective, I mean, she, she called me earthly dad. You know, who does that? You know, it's just, she She also had a, a great sense of humor. Uh, she just, uh, she would be telling, always was telling jokes, but she, just to give you an example of one, she she uh, was so smart. She came up with her own jokes and one, she would go deer hunting with me and in some of the times that it's boring in the deer stand, she, she said, Dad, I, I came up with a joke. And I said, well, what's your joke, Grace? And she said, where do bees go to the bathroom? And I said, I don't, I don't know. Where do they go to the bathroom? And she said, the BP station. <laughs> yeah, that's great. She just was, she was awesome. <laughs> I mean, I miss her so much. Sounds she like just a, was our, she was our whole life. Sounds like a very witty young lady. Yeah, she was. Um, and then that, that makes it all the more tragic when people, people are so wrapped up in their own worlds and so busy. And if they're really take a second to stop and think about what we're here talking about today. Uh, these, this, is, this is real and it's happening all over our country and really all over the world and sadly so. So if there's any anything that merits a call to action, it certainly is uh, how people are being treated in our hospitals, uh, whether they have COVID or not, by the way. It's not just COVID positive people that are falling under uh, these treatment uh, protocols and regimens. So I think it's very important to share. So the first thing that you talk about was the allocation of care. And I have a couple areas highlighted here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this up to you to introduce and talk to as you'd like. Sure. So what we're diving into is, is the why behind what happened. So just a quick background of the what. So the what was the doctor ordered a, a set of, of sedatives and morphine on Grace that, that would have killed just about anybody. And then when we hollered to save our daughter, the nurses screamed back 
then said, she's DNR. It was the first we knew we were, she was DNR. So not only did the doctor order the meds to kill her, but then put it, a unilateral DNR order on, which is, it's against the, it's against the law. So, so I mean, the, that's why, that's why Grace was, that's why Grace isn't here. So the DNR, just so people know for sure, is a do not resuscitate order. Correct. Which means if she's going downhill, they're going to do nothing to stop it. That's exactly right. And they did nothing. Um, so, I mean, then then you start as a dad, and I mean, anybody would do this, but, you know, the, the unique thing about this case is that my I was in the room for the first four days until the hospital kicked me out with an armed guard, and then, then we had uh, about 44 hours without coverage, so almost two days, and then my daughter Jessica came in as a replacement advocate. My wife couldn't do it because she had COVID. So, we were there. We, you know, a lot of people, things have happened, but hardly anybody in the country has been in the room to see what's going on. So we have all of this evidence that we've documented because we took notes and then transcribed the notes. And so then you start, you go into, all right, what actually happened? So when we, we have a, an audit trail from all the doctor's reports, et cetera, but then you start digging into the why. And that's, that's just a, a very short backdrop to this this uh, allocation of care idea. So uh, now that slide that you want to talk about, I'll just I'll just share my perspective of it, Jeff, and then you can just if there's any questions that you have. So this isn't new new uh, information. I, I adopted Elizabeth Belit's Dr. Elizabeth Belit's perspective. So she founded Truth for Health Foundation, and she she um, believes, and I believe also that the idea of rationed care or attenuated care is being promoted by the elites to take out the the elderly and the disabled in our population and you can go back to when we all first heard about this idea of the deplorables from hillary clinton right this is the implementation implementation of that idea and so i have come to believe the hospitals are an arm of the government in that light. And the reason yeah. is, is because they instantly know who the Medicaid, which was Grace's on Medicaid and the Medicare, the elderly, they know who they are. And so how did they wrap the hospitals into this? Well, it's, you know, they're using the cover of COVID and then the uh, Centers for uh, Medicare and Medicaid, the certain whistleblowers have come to shed light on this and they, they estimate that the average COVID patient produces $100,000 in bonus payment. This yeah. is outside This is outside of what the hospital gets from insurance or patient payment. It's, in, it's insanity. And I have slides that addresses the financial aspects here too. But what you're talking about here, you, uh, I've highlighted here that, you know, it, it appears that physicians are in lockstep across the country and the implementation of the 2009 9 to 10 complete lives system. And then it goes on to say that uh, individuals aged roughly between 15 and 40 get the most substantial care, right? And, Correct. And it's not only that, it's also race. You know, I have video of people uh, being denied the, uh, no, I just lost it, but being, being denied treatment um, because they're white. And so you have that as well, the minorities getting uh, preferential treatment for some of the uh, COVID-related treatment. So uh, the other thing is that this is nothing new. And you mentioned Hillary Clinton, uh, one of her mentors 
with Margaret Sanger, who, uh, you know, formed Planned, Planned Parenthood for the express reason of terminating black pregnancies and and uh, black babies. So, and it goes back even into the 20s, this concept of uh, we're going to care for and we're going to give better care to those that benefit society and those that don't benefit society are not going to get the care. And so it's it's like a con controlled genocide is what it becomes. And I, and I think that's a very fair, it's a, it's a terrible term, but it, it's very fair. And it's, it's, it's the definition of what's happening here. I uh, think so. I mean, this last weekend, so this isn't in your slides because I just came up with this the last weekend. I spent uh, about 20 hours going through the doctor's records two more times, every single word, every single sentence. And, you know, just to put an exclamation point, if people don't believe what we're talking about, I get it. It's a belief, there's a believability factor, but why would they, in, in Grace's, in the doctor's reports, why would they mention that Grace is not vaccinated six times? Why did they mention our Christian faith three times? Why did they why did they mention that Grace has Down syndrome 36 times? Was that necessary in these reports? Well, it yeah. sure shouldn't be. I mean, it used to oh. be. It used to be that you come in and you were triaged. If you had a right. more in serious condition, you got the treatment first, right? And they did everything they could. And and then there's also, you know, the problem with uh, right to try states. People have the right to try ivermectin and other things that the hospitals are also denying people. And so the the legal issues, and I know you have information on that, but it I think it blows the average person's mind and they think this can't be happening. You know, it's not what I grew up with. It's not what I've seen, but things things have changed. Now you you were mentioning a little bit ago the, the financial aspect and you have a slide I'd like to show now if you wanna to speak to it. And that is um, the slide of uh, the health system COVID bonus. And, and this is, year one and you have uh, uh, <laughs> quite a figure at the end of this here. Jeff, is this the love of money? Slide? No, this is this is a Ascension Health System COVID bonus year one. So I'll go through it. Uh, number of beds. You, oh, yes, the, the math, the math of it. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, so number of beds, 28,000. Average COVID bed percentage is 18%. Average COVID beds, 5,040 uh, hospital stay in days on average is 22 bed turns in one year 16.59 uh, COVID patients per year 83,618 average COVID bonus payment and you you made it uh, clear that this is in addition to the insurance uh, uh, monies that they would be paid for care hundred thousand uh, dollars per person the average covid bonus per person so when you calculate that with uh the pre the previous information and, and then the hundred thousand dollars it's it's insane eight it's eight mind, it's mind-blowing eight Great. billion dollars um <laughs> i mean it's, it's uh they're they you know i think they're in on it even deeper than that but i mean the government's dangling that carrot yeah. And then on top of that, they have immunity from liability. And on top of that, hardly anybody is an advocate because they 
they use this excuse that the you know COVID the COVID policy doesn't allow anybody else in the room, so they can do this all undercover. Right. Uh, so then, I, just yesterday, this is brand new. I read this article yesterday. That uh, what if I told you? This is my conclusion. What if I told you that Ascension is partnering with a George Soros private equity fund named Towerbrook? So I mean, that's that's true. That's the article I, I read yesterday. You know, in my mind, then if you, you think about if this agenda that they're implementing, should you know their hospitals? This is a Catholic system. You know, so their hospitals all start with Saint. So yeah. Grace died at Saint Elizabeth's Hospital. I, yeah. I just think they should rename them, rename them all to Satan Elizabeth's Hospital, and it, it's it's this is sick. Well, I'm I'm uh, very much a Christian. I'm private about my faith and my relationship with God, but the Catholic Church doesn't exactly have a great history when it comes to deal dealing with fascism. Uh, the Catholic Church. As a matter of fact, uh, made the way or, or or paved the way, gave money to uh, Nazis fleeing Germany after the war, and uh, you know, so evil evil can pop up anywhere, including the church. And I think what's really shocking about this is this is these people supposedly go into these fields, being a doctor and a nurse and so on, because they care about life and. So yesterday, uh, this isn't isn't related, but it is in this sense. Yesterday, there was a, a, a police officer in Canada who came out and said, "Enough! Um, all my fellow policemen, do what's right. Do what's do what's in your heart. Don't follow these orders. Don't do this stuff." And that's the problem I have with when I see police. Um, you know, the January sixth incident. That's a problem I have when I see. Uh, police making decisions to follow orders to allow cities to burn. And it's the same problem I have with doctors and nurses. How can you, so what? There's a protocol. Quit. <laughs> you know? Don't do I mean, that's that's exactly right. And um, it takes a, a lot of courage to quit. Uh, and, you know, that's something people can do is pray for these doctors and nurses who, who see what's going on to stand up. Right. Because they can make a difference a lot faster than, than I can. Right. So, exactly right. Now, you put together a really good uh, flow chart of the protocol, and uh, I'm going to zoom in on a top part of that. So, so person gets COVID, um, and you have evaluate prospect, you, present results in, uh, in negative light, so prospect senses hospital stay is the solution. Do you want to explain that part of it a little bit? Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, when I look at what happened with, with Grace and I, you know, the I was in the hospital three days after Grace died. And it, so why did we check into the hospital? Well, we both had low oxygen. And so then you perceive that, okay, I, I have low oxygen. I have to get checked into the hospital to be on oxygen. Well, you don't have to do that at all. I mean, at that point, you had, I didn't know that then. You know, if I knew then what I know now, Grace would be alive because she would have never went into the hospital. Right. We would have we would have had uh, brought her home on oxygen and a steroid, which the doctor in the emergency room would have prescribed because please, that's what they had to do. Please don't own that, though. I mean, you, you, we grew up in this. I'm in Wisconsin, too. And oh. we, grew, we grew up in uh, uh, an atmosphere where you expect people to 
at the hospital to take care of you and not do what they did. So you don't own that, they do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, I, I agree with that. And thank you for the reminder. I mean, it, there are certain days you I own it more than. I'm um, sure. If you relive, relive this and, you know, what, yeah. what should I have done? What could I have done? And all those things. And it's just yeah, objective. She didn't need to go in the hospital. Well, that's the other part of it, isn't it? I mean, these, these, what they're doing to us, it isn't just uh, happens and it's over. They're destroying people's lives that are left behind and having to deal with all this grief. And it's disgusting. And it's, it's, it, well, it is criminal, by the way. The Nuremberg Code doesn't, it, Nuremberg Code will say, sorry, but, and I, I believe that there will be trials like Nuremberg for uh, medical tyranny, genocide. I believe Fauci will be one of them that's first and foremost in the stand. And I believe that they will look at him and say, the Nuremberg Code says you cannot use the excuse, I was just following orders. That's international law. That's international law. So that has certainly been violated in 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 many cases and one case that i heard of just a week or two ago was a gentleman who was in a single car accident and uh they, they put him in the ambulance and they were coming at him with a shot and he said what are you gonna what are you giving me and they said something to make you relax they injected him he woke up seven hours later in a single car accident he was ventilated he had a catheter in uh, he was on morphine and other drugs that you you will you will talk about have talk, have mentioned. He pulled his ventilator out. He pulled his catheter out. He pulled his IV out. He went to the door. The nurses saw him. He said, "Why did you put me on a ventilator?" He told. He says he asked him 15 times. They told him to get back in his bed, and he refused and left the hospital. And if you, oh, if I you, haven't heard that yet. If he wouldn't have done that. He may have had the same result, you know. So it's not only it's it's not only uh, it's not only this uh, misconception and this misunderstanding, and they follow the protocol. I mean, some of these cases, these people are downright evil, uh, you know. And uh, I hope that the American people wake up after they hear stories like this because it's not information. I mean, your story is not misinformation. And they're trying to label us all as if we're these domestic terrorists and we're telling lies where, you know, it's it's not us. It's the three fingers pointing back at themselves. Um, that's, that's right on. Yeah, and it is. It's, uh, you know, so you have, so this, this protocol is so people understand it. So, yeah, you get in the hospital, right? And then that's where you lose all control, whether you're the patient or the family of the patient. They lock in that government-mandated uh, protocol. Uh, then they try to convince the patient, as you have here, that the ventilator is necessary. Or in the case of the gentleman I talked about, they just put it on him. Um, you know, then you have, you know. Yeah, their, their goal is definitely a ventilator. If they can do that, it's like the triple sevens on the slot machine. They they hit the jackpot. So, I mean, yeah. they certainly have that, that goal. And we were asked to make a decision on a ventilator. You know, and it's interesting because Grace never need to be on a ventilator, but they want it. They couch it this way. They're so smart with how they do it. They said, well, these type of things tend to happen in the middle of the night when we can't get a hold of the family. So they wanted us to make a pre-decision so they could have that in their back pocket 
so then at any time they could put a ventilator on Grace when they decided, not when it's necessary, just like this gentleman you talk about. You know, he right. didn't need a ventilator, but then once they can do that, now they can document in their their records the need for the ventilator. They do it and you know it's it approaches a three hundred thousand dollar payday once they get somebody on a ventilator. Wow. That's it's terrible to even you know that people are having a hard time around the country and you told me that some people were you know, calling you a liar and all this other stuff. Well, again, I think it's people can't can't believe that this is no longer the America they grew up in. But if they don't wake up, it never will be. And if they don't stand up, it never will be. So I applaud your courage. And, um, you know, I, I share in, in, you know, it's I think it's time that people realize that there's so many topics, there's so many areas that are interrelated. And I've explained this before with other guests where I view it more as a chessboard. And the objective is to turn America into a communist uh, state within a new world order. And that I, I fully believe that. And I think that we're seeing fascism and it's not on the part of the right. I mean, people on the right want the smallest government po possible, which is exactly the opposite of fascism. So COVID and the response to COVID, uh, the response to mega people, Trump Trumpers or uh, whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. all, all of these things, uh, the masks in the schools, the uh, CRT in the schools, um, BLM, Antifa, you know, all this stuff is, in my opinion, uh, supply chain, all of it, all of it's together and bringing down America and reshaping America into something that we certainly don't recognize, but we're seeing it in, in Australia, in Austria, uh, in other countries. And thank God some of the restrictions are coming back. And I, I hope God blesses the truckers in Canada to win, or Canada to, to win their fight too. Uh, but so back to this flow chart, we have then the patient on the ventilator. And what I notice about this is that if you have if you're not convinced this is this is the point in time where it turns uh sour and this is the point in time you find yourself getting escorted out by an armed guard uh because you're rocking the boat you're interfering in their their possible payday so this point in time when you've refused now you said i think for the fourth time the ventilator or the fourth or fifth time for the ventilator then all of a sudden you find yourself just completely taken out of the equation. How did they justify that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I took that that idea and drilled it down a lot. Uh, so in the doctor's report on, these, on October 13th, Grace's last day, um, you know, this was the, the fifth time they wanted this decision in their back pocket. You know, again, Grace didn't need a ventilator. He called us the morning on the 13th saying Grace had a great day the day before. Um, when you look at his notes from that day, so the doctor's report, so we have every single doctor's report, you know, he writes that, you know, Grace was DNI, do not intubate, which is what we agreed to. We don't want her to be intubated. Um, and then from that, he took it and registered in the computer that she's DNR, do not resuscitate. Um, in, you know, you get in the somewhat of a mindset, you know, pretty negative, and that's why, you know, I look this, you know, I try to think through logically, and you know, using critical thinking, how could this possibly be? Uh, but but you know, when I got the the 
invoice for what they billed and received from Medicaid, they were only making $1,680 a day on grades. At the day that they took her out, which is on October 13th, the, the hospital was at 100% capacity. There was not one bed open. And the people in the emergency room were stacked up like cordwood. And it was similar the week before. So Grace and I waited 10 hours in the emergency room wow. after I agreed that, with, that we would take or admit her to the hospital. We waited 10 hours. What were we waiting for? Well, we were waiting for somebody to die so she could have a room. And, you know, so this is sick stuff. So, I mean, Grace was, Grace was the, you know, in my opinion, Grace was the easy one to take out. They're not making any money off of her. She's on Medicaid. She's a deplorable, um, you know, and it, it, it fits, you know, and, and they had to kick me out to have this all take place. You know, the, the morning that, you know, it gets way worse than, than this, Jeff. I mean, that morning that Grace died, you know, my daughter Jessica was the replacement advocate. They would not let her take a shower in the room. When I was in there, they insisted I don't leave the room whatsoever. So my, she ran home, took a shower. She was back inside of an hour. When she got back, Grace was, they, she overheard the doctor saying the family isn't gonna like this. And she said, well, what aren't they gonna like? And, and they said, well, Grace wanted to get out of bed to go to the bathroom, so we had to strap her down. They restrained her to the bed. For God's sakes. I know, one of the attorneys, you know, this is where you start wondering, what was the reason? And the, one of the attorneys said to me, Scott, do you think that they would have restrained you if you wanted to go to the bathroom? I said no and that's what got me into looking at these reports again last weekend and realizing okay did they do this because she had down syndrome and well, you know i uh, when i was in college i worked in a nursing home in an alzheimer's wing for a while and at that time they restrained people only if they were dangerous to themselves so and i think now that's illegal uh at least that's my understanding now that that's illegal in Wisconsin. Well, I haven't seen the statute, but I have. we have a bunch of restraint paperwork that's on Grace's website that shows that what they did was illegal. I haven't yeah. taken that down to the statute level yet, but you know what, you know, their, their reports are always going to claim they had to do it for the patient. Well, sure. These reports are like a script. That right. They, they have everything justified. But well, what's, What's worse is, you know, there's another case that I, I read about in Florida where a guy's in a, a motorcycle accident and they list him as a COVID death, yeah. you know. So, I mean, it's it's like a, it's it's like we've uncovered a, a, you know, this evil profiteering mill and people are getting killed for it. And yeah. you, you mentioned anger as a bad thing. Anger is not a bad thing. And as a matter of fact, because, just because you're Christian doesn't mean you're a doormat, you know, and people need to be angry. People need to, people need to channel that ang anger peacefully and they need to go through the legal uh, avenues. And it sounds like you have, you have an attorney right now. Well, we have a, a, a few attorneys that, that have given advice and we have not hired an attorney yet. And, Ultimately, the reason is, is we have found out there's really no case. Uh, I mean, that's another sick piece. And remember, I told you that, you know, they have immunity from liability. And if you drill that down, um, it's it's real. I mean, it gets to the point where 
the top attorney that we talked with said, even in, he said, Scott, even in slam dunk cases like this, um, well, there's only a, there's only a one in ten chance of winning. Well, and I'd like to have have you gone or are you aware of attorney Tom Renz at all? Yeah, to, I mean, guy, by God's grace, he interviewed me earlier this week, and and after the interview, he said, "Here's my cell number. I want your contact information." So, you know, we, there might be something that happens, but you know, just a a neat anecdote. Which you'll you're the first one that's heard this, Jeff. So this is brand new. So this attorney um, said to me. So I asked him if if we wrote you a check for two hundred fifty thousand, what would you do? He said I wouldn't take the case because you can't win. And he said you'd be better off spending the money on billboards. And yesterday the first billboard went up. Wow, good for you. So <laughs> we we bought all the billboards that we could on on uh, Highway forty one between Oshkosh and Green Bay to announce yeah. this death that St. Elizabeth's caused. That's, yeah. I, I, you know, I know attorneys will say that, and but I just I go back to the Nuremberg Code. I also go back to the constitutional rights of the victim. You know, I don't know. Um, I know it's it's sick. I mean, and I I asked what's the reason for these limitations on liability. So, for example, Grace was 19. Uh, as an adult, that means we do not have any loss of companionship claim, which is the typical. Uh, line of reasoning that the attorneys use. Um, the malpractice claim is limited at seven hundred fifty thousand. So I asked these questions: What's the reason why? You know, so what's the lobbying? You know, so a lobbying group obviously uh, was behind getting these limitations. And the answer I received was that if we had lawsuits where the doctor could be held accountable, we wouldn't get anybody to practice medicine. So yeah. that's why the crazy limitations. Yeah, there. except this isn't practicing medicine i i get it uh, i'm sure you do i it just it, it makes me angry for you oh um, i understand and we're trying to channel our energy to the positive so yeah I mean, what about a civil so, case though well I, I all these are possibilities sure. i get asked that quite a bit and so far so i have almost 500 hours researching that's why when you see these this information you think holy cow you put a lot of time in well yeah, i did yeah, exactly um I put a lot of time in because I wanted to make sure before we went public with this that that what I was telling was the truth. And so I have all that time in and now the interviews are happening quite, you know, it's 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 quite a pace and it's wonderful because we have a chance to get this message out. And that's really the goal right now. If we can get the message out that these hospitals are killing factories, then people won't die. And then if we can, at the same time, shed light on the evil, you know, people's hearts can be changed and then they start looking at uh, solutions that involve God as opposed to the government solving their problem. So mm -hmm. that's where we've invested 100% of the energy so far. It doesn't mean there's not gonna be a lawsuit, you know. Right. Tom Renz came into our life for a reason. I, right. You know, so I see it as, as God's grace by having him become in our life and if if that ends up going to the next step that that could be a wonderful thing but so far we just well, haven't wasted any energy on on pursuing that well you know there's a lot of a lot of power in prayer and i'll certainly be praying praying for you and your family uh, to find peace if you can't have retribution maybe you can have peace and i'll pray for that uh so I want to go back to some of this data because taking a deep dive, I think, is important for folks to understand 
all the numbers and everything behind it. So you put together this possible hospital decision matrix. Yes. And I don't know if you have that in front of you to speak I, to. Yep, I do. Okay. So, you know, this is, is very simplistic the way I laid it out, but a, there's um, one of the doctors that we have worked with that helped us make sense of all this data. She clued me in that artificial intelligence is now helping run these medical decisions. So they can input all this data and, and the choices the doctor makes, they can just follow what the, what the artificial intelligence kicks out. So if they input, you know, patient has Down syndrome, patient wasn't vaccinated, um, what's their insurance situation? They, you know, they can, they can input a hundred different situations and then the care is determined based on what those situations are. So, you know, Grace really was a goner right away because, you know, she's on Medicaid, she's not vaccinated, she's Christian. Um, you so, know, so, so how, then, let me ask you, know, we wouldn't, we didn't, wouldn't do the ventil ventilator. So you start, okay, is this really what's going on? Again, I, these are all, you know, I, this isn't anything I've proven, but I can't come to grips with how such a crazy thing happened to my daughter. And so then when you do these, you start, okay, what is the, what is the process that they use? So this is just another, another way to look at, is this really what's happening? And, um, so I how do you know that there is a, a a decision or an AI that the doctor consults? I mean, do you know for a fact that there's this artificial intelligence that they use to determine care? And it sounds like what you're saying is that there's there's weighted information in there. Like if you're a Christian or if you're handicapped or if you're on Medicare or Medicaid, that uh, those are weighted things against you. Yeah, I do not know that for a fact. The doctor that helped us go through the records is the one who told me that. So I didn't oh, okay. ask for her source, but she's, you know, every, anybody that's been in the hospital sees their, all your records are connected. They, most of them use a system called Epic. And, mm -hmm. and Epic is, if you dig into it, I mean, they're using artificial intelligence isn't necessarily bad uh, right. because it can, it can be a real time saver. But if they're using it, you know, a lot of things that start out for good end up being for bad. Well, you know, yeah. it's to, to me, it's like I'm driving in the car and I got my GPS on and there's a road that hasn't been updated. My GPS tells me to take it and run into a brick wall and I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway, even though I'm told, you know, even though I can see right in front of me that it's the wrong thing to do. And it's, it's you know, hope, hopefully. I mean, you, you were talking earlier about how, you know, this is, uh, you know, what's the setup for all this? All this stuff is going on. Well, you know, for two generations now, they've trained critical thinking out of, out of the classroom. So, you know, if you can just follow the rules, you know, nobody wants to think anymore. You and I are obviously critical thinking. Yeah. Uh, that's what yeah. we're going through this and we're critical thinkers. And so it, you, you have to be a critical thinker to start processing this, but, um, you know, this, it's, you know, this, this process started uh, at least two generations ago. Yeah. Well, the whole critical thinking, uh, you know, I mean, that there's a whole nother conversation that could, we could talk about communism and critical thinking, critical theory. And we're talking about intelligent people here. They should be able to, at least <laughs> I would think they would well, be I, able to. 
I agree. But yeah. I mean, just, you know, there's if you watched Ron Johnson's hearing yes. uh, on October 24th, you heard over and over several of the doctors testify that they put that their their hospital systems put pressure on them to follow the protocols or yeah. they would be terminated. Right. So, I mean, you just look at that. So now a lot of these guys have million dollar mortgages. Um, so now, you know, it's sick. It's sick well, because if you you're think a, that stand up and yeah, yeah. And if you're a person who you know, I like entertainment. I like uh, true crime series and stuff. And we see, you know, these these uh, call. They're even call them right out. These monsters. This monster nurse that was a serial killer and injected people and killed you know thirty people. What's the difference? I, you know, well, what's the difference? Exactly. That's exactly right. The only difference is they have the government behind it. Yeah. They get immunity for doing it. Right. You know, they're these get you know, I've I've essentially caught them red handed. Right. You can't do anything. Right. You know, so what we can do is what we're doing. And I'm I'm thankful that you're willing to talk with me about this because if we get ten people's life saved from this program and another twenty from another one. Anytime. Yeah. You're welcome to come on anytime. Well, thank you for that. You bet. Um, so you have a I want I want to go down this road of the DNR, and you have a slide that talks about uh, for a DNR to be valid, the following criteria or procedures have to be met. If you want to just go through that and, yeah, and this summarize is, this, it, yeah, this one I took everything right out of state statute. Uh, so this is this is a big deal. You know, in, intuitively, you would just think, okay, for do not resuscitate, it's you know that's a serious thing because you're talking about ending a person's life. So you just would think, well, somebody's got to sign something. So I mean, so as we learned that, you know, Grace was DNR, I think, well, how could this happen? We didn't sign anything. Right. So then you start drilling it down. So if you look at the um, Fourth check mark from the top, it says the do not resuscitate order must be in writing and signed by the patient, guardian, or healthcare agent. So that was the first violation. So we found out at 7.20 p.m., Grace said at 7.27 p.m., at 7.20 is the first time we knew Grace was DNR. We never signed anything. Grace never signed anything. Um, we were, my wife was the healthcare power of attorney. She would have been required to sign it. The hospital knew, fortunately, they have that documented in the, in the, uh, doctors reports that they had our healthcare power of attorney on file because I gave it to them. So they know they knew that they chose to not get it in writing and signed by my wife, who was the healthcare power of attorney. Um, then second, so now go to the next. Uh, okay, so then the arrow. So underneath, after providing the required information, the arrow says that they're supposed to put a bracelet on grace of course a bracelet is a minor point but it's a it's still a state statute a bracelet is supposed to be on the patient identifying them as dnr and then the the most damning thing is that the the next two arrows say that either the patient or the healthcare agent may revoke a do not do not resuscitate order by giving directions to resuscitate the patient well we gave them a direct command to resuscitate the patient and you can't make up what happened next so we we're telling them you know uh, save our daughter and they holler back i mean they the nurses in the hallway my daughter jessica who was in the room with grace estimated there's 30 nurses in the hallway why so many because it was shift change so 
they're hollering back, she's DNR. We said, she don't, no, she's not DNR, save her. They would not step foot in that room. On top of that, there was an armed guard outside the room. What was there an armed guard? Was there an armed guard because the he didn't he wasn't gonna let the nurses in to save her? Was there an armed guard because they thought I was gonna show up at the hospital? Was there an armed guard because they thought my daughter Jessica is gonna go grab one of these nurses and haul them in? You know what what you know, why would you have an armed guard out there? That's a good question. It, it even gets worse than that, Jeff. So when I took my, I drove my wife to the hospital after Grace died. I had COVID, so I couldn't go in. So I just waited in the truck for her. Our pastor met us there. So Cindy and my daughter just cleaned Grace up. Um, the funeral director met them there. Then the pastor is walking my wife out in the wheelchair. One of the nurses has Grace's belongings on a cart and comes down by my wife's ear and says, uh, Mrs. Shara, um, me and several of the other nurses think that Grace should not have died today. Wow. This is, you can't make it up. It's so sickening. Well, then why didn't they do something? I, yeah. I mean, are they, are they that afraid? I mean, I just, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't wrap my mind around that. I know it. Then you, then you, then you leave, then you stand up and say something. I mean, wow. I don't get that, Scott. Sorry, I don't get it either. I mean, that's, well, that's what, you know, I got motivated to put all this time. And thankfully, my guys can run the business now. And I, I've been working on this full time. This is, yeah, it's because it's important. we got to get this message out. People yes. are dying because of this crazy COVID protocol. Well, so many people are afraid to say anything and you know, folks, if you're watching and you you work in a hospital, these are the decision decisions have consequences, and uh, I pray that you have the courage to stand up and say something and speak out and and to to fight against this. Uh, I'd prefer it if people didn't just quit. I'd prefer it if they they stuck together and said, "No, we're not going to do it." Uh, Absolutely, that nurse that. I mean, I'm glad that she told my wife that, but if she would have taken the next step, which is go in that room, give Grace the reversal drug, the the morphine package insert, which is the rules they're supposed to follow, say they're supposed to have the reversal drug at bedside ready to go because yeah. I think complications can happen. Well, I don't know how your wife, I don't know if she kept her cool or not, but I certainly would have said to her, well, it's too late now, isn't it? I mean. Yeah, I mean, at that time, you don't have your senses. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's, it's well. That's uh, a terrible. That's a terrible story. Uh, so you have quite a quite a bit that you covered. I'm just going to go through a couple slides here real quick. Um, you talked about the legal immunity, state immunity. So you have a you have this uh, here. And you ask a, ask your own questions here. Why do doctors need immunity if they care about the health of the patient? Does immunity impact quality of care? Uh, so it's like it's 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 like immigration. It's like we have these rules that are set up and that that are in place. We have these laws that are in place that are just not being followed. And again, people, there's a lack of the patient advocate ad advocacy. Sorry. Uh, in all this money that's involved in this, I mean, it, it really is how it looks, isn't it? It's not 
it's not hard to see. It's not. And I, do you have the slide in there, Jeff, about the the um, Wisconsin Department of Safety and Professional Services letter? Do you I have do have the letter. Yeah, this is so. It, uh, since that that slide group was produced, we also received a letter from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. So just to give you the backdrop here with with the letter you have, but the similar letter, the other one is. So when we realized what happened, we uh, we wrote my myself and my daughter wrote letters, and then we we gave all the supporting information. And we sent that via email to patient relations at the hospital and we requested a meeting with the hospital and the doctor uh, so that you know the biblical responsibility is to is to do that and you know so that they have an opportunity to defend themselves but then december 2nd they rejected the meeting and that's when we decided to go public with this well one of the things with going public is i filed complaints against both the hospital and the doctor so the doctor, you filed a complaint against the Wisconsin Department of Safety and Professional Services. And with the hospital, it's the Department of Health and Human Services and ultimately is, is the um, uh, Center for Medicaid and Medicaid Services. So both investigated. The doctor was investigated, which you have that letter there. Uh -huh. And you can see you know, who, did, who did the investigation. Only members of the own, their own department. They didn't get any outsiders in. And of course, they conclude that the doctor did nothing wrong. So now you have the hospital is doing the bidding of the government and the government is investigating the person doing their bidding. Well, what do you think is going to happen? All right. They're always going to be not guilty. And we, we received a similar, similar letter then about the investigation for the hospital. So the hospital's investigation came back clean also. So I have this CMS letter. Oh, you have that one too. All yeah. right, good. Yep, so that's the, that's the hospital investigation and the other one is the doctor investigation. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, sick. It says, I mean, yeah, if there's anything you want to read off of that, I mean, it's yeah, it, just, it, says the, it says the DQA's investigation revealed that Ascension Northeast Wisconsin St. Elizabeth campus does meet the federal requirements. Well, there's a difference yeah, between but, meeting federal requirements and doing the right thing, isn't there? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, you can't, these letters are so damning. You know, it's like it's a form letter that you know they they knew what what they were going to put in the letter before they did the investigation it, pro it probably is a form letter that's that'd be interesting to find out um i wonder i'm not aware of a network right now where um, other families that are in your situation can go um, to discuss these types of things and see if there if there are what the similarities are what the differences are uh, if there's a support network or not, do you know such a thing? I don't. I mean, I, it's interesting that you bring that up because I've invested all this effort just on on uh, learning about Grace's case. But you know, one of the attorneys has gotten to know us very well and had never met Grace, but feels he knows Grace, and he just his his view of it is, you know, this is getting so much traction. He just thinks Grace is going to become the face of this movement and. Uh, which would be it would really be neat and then yeah. you know it, it's then if people can start sharing their stories anonymously even but you know they'll have a platform to share them um you know we're not afraid you know, i had to cross that bridge and my, my wife too i mean we had to cross that bridge because you start processing okay ascension system look how big they are i mean they can take us out 
so you look at protecting your assets and and the attorney that I talked with about protecting the assets said, Scott, yeah, you can do all these things, but you know, just keep telling the truth. And right. so we're just put everything at risk. And you know, you know, today is my last day because they figure out how to take me out a different way. At least this video will be another testimony, and that'll even get you know, if they take me out because of it, it's going to even get more traction. So well, it's well, okay. Well, more Americans need your courage and. I applaud you for you and your wife for doing what you're doing. And, um, you, you know, it's a lot easier to live with yourself, to live, to live free and to speak truth, in my opinion, than it is to just comply and live on your knees. Right. So I think that's the case. Um, one of the radio programs I was on a couple of weeks ago, they called uh, two days after the program and, they had received some death threats after the program, so you want to make sure we were okay. And, and uh, you know, I'm just a dad. And he told us that was the largest podcast download in the history of the station. And it's like, well, it's, it's, it's humbling. You can hardly believe people are interested, but, you know, I'm thankful they are. It's, it's you know, well, it's, yeah. Grace making all this happen. God's making it happen. But, I mean, it just, you can just, you know, my, my little buddy is is up there with with our Lord, and um, they're 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 making all this happen. Well, that's a, that's the absolute truth, and you uh, you know you have a very powerful story, and it, in doing what you're doing, you're honoring her memory, and that's what you should do. Um, so I have just, just a few more minutes, and we'll we'll have taken the hour, unfortunately. Um, but one thing I want to go through is your your slide that says, you know, what can we do about it? And that, oh, thanks. Yeah, that's great. That, that's the best slide. Great. So the um, you know, what I have listed first on that slide is to get yourself educated. You know, don't I don't want you to believe what I'm saying. Dig yourself. Uh, this stuff is it can be found. You know, you can't be in a closet watching CNN all day, you're not gonna find what I'm telling you, but this stuff is out there. There's enough alternative media that that uh, is, is sharing the truth and you've got to dig. You can't, when you end up in the hospital, it's too late to start your research. You've got to find out ahead of time what's going on, what the frontline doctors recommend, right. what you're doing preemptively, what should you do if you have to go to the hospital? Do you really need to go to the hospital? Um, getting prepared to go to the hospital, uh, although, you know, having your documents in order, you just have to be ready because when you're sitting in the emergency room, it is too late to prepare. So that's that's the first thing. Um, the bigger picture is, you know, what is the reason that we're in this problem? You know, this seems insane. What I went through, it doesn't even seem believable. It's unconscionable, immoral. You can put all kinds of labels on it. But right. ultimately, we're here because of, as a country, we have rejected God. That doesn't mean you and I have, but as a country, we have rejected God. So we're getting what we deserve. Uh, Billy Graham, 30 years or so ago, quipped that if God doesn't judge America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. So, I mean, what we're experiencing is because of not wanting to be accountable to our maker. And so that peace can be turned. I mean, God promises to turn it if the nation repents. So it's, I don't know if we're too far gone or not. I mean, that's for God's judgment. But the reality is that's 
that's possible. And if this shines light, this story shines light on evil, and that's really more important than not dying in the hospital. Because if your heart gets opened up to the wonders of God and you start searching and find out what God did through his son, Jesus, and that's that's fantastic. I mean, that should happen. It should stir people's hearts when they well, see this, the non-believing public, and, and do something. Start digging. Right. Stand up. Get involved. I, You know, for those out there that are watching this and they, you know, they either, you know, they mock Christians or they're not listening to what you have to say because it it's, uh, you know, Christian religious comments, whatever. I have to pose this to them as secondary evidence to what you're saying. Now, this week, um, news came out that uh, I can't remember the state off, off the top of my head, but we're, they're talking about uh, abortion up to birth. Um, if that doesn't say godless, what else does? I mean, we're talking about allowing, you know, fully functional babies to be murdered up to birth. I mean, if that doesn't tell you where we're at as a nation, and that, by the way, is a Democrat Party platform. They took God out of their platform in 2012 during that election cycle. And by the way, in 2011, all doctors uh, who have taken their oath since then have taken an oath in which do no harm was, re was removed. Uh, so this is godlessness, and you have a Bible verse here. Uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And that certainly is what what we need. And that is that is on the really it should be on the on the global level. It's not just the United States that is experiencing this evil. I want to add one more, and that's Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I, I, I'll just give you the, the last uh, word, Scott. And, uh, and then, as I said before, you have my condolences, my absolute respect for you and your wife. And you're welcome back anytime. Yeah. You're giving me the last word. There's so much to say. I, uh, you know, what you, what I would ask for is, is prayers for, um, for our family. This is real tough. You know, we, we, uh, we prayed for God's hedge of protection around us. I think that's what He's doing. Um, he, you know, it's it's by His grace if He chooses to do that. Uh, uh, my wife is is having a very hard time, uh, and uh, you know my daughter is too. I am too, but men and women, you know, process and grieve differently, and um, you know, so you know that's just a that's on a personal basis and on a on a a basis of where you can do something to help. You know, Grace's campaign, it seems like it's getting traction. I, I would, wouldn't mind if everybody got to know Grace through her. We set up a website this last week, ouramazinggrace.net. And if you have the time to look at it, you can get to know Grace pretty well. We spent an awful lot of time on that website uh, uh, telling Grace's story. So um, 
all these slides and everything are on the website also, or at least they will be by the end of the weekend. It's a process to get everything uploaded yeah. as you can imagine. Um, so, it, you know, getting behind getting behind this is is great. And it's not just us. I mean, telling the truth. I mean, it, as you said, if people just stand up, talk truth to power and and don't hide, you know, if your loved one died in a hospital, you know, get the records, dig. Um, I think that we can fight this together, especially when you've got guys like Tom Renz out there. And I mean, it seems like there's this is getting some not our story, but the whole thing is getting some traction on a national basis where it seems like people are wising up, which it's fantastic if that's happening. But we've got to do this. You know, everybody's got to do their part. Right. Right on. And, and again, that's that's our our amazing grace dot net. So that is all yeah, together, right? No dashes, no underscores. Ouramazinggrace.net. That's correct. Well, thanks again. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll continue to talk and keep me updated on your situation and everything that's happening and appreciate it. Well, thank you. Matt. Hey Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. I love my pillow products. I use them. I can say that they are simply the best quality that you will find anywhere. And you can help us all out, all Patriots, including Mike Lindell, and our mission to restore America by going to MyPillow.com today and using code TPR. That stands for the Patriot Review, so it's easy to remember. TPR. Save up to 66%. You can also order by calling 800-519-9927. Again, that's 800-519-9927. Thank you and God bless. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. All right, we're just going to wrap some things up quick. First of all, I'd just like to say that now you see, you have seen the evidence, you've heard Scott talk. Uh, you can see why it's my opinion that these protocols are leading to murders. And I do believe they're murders. You could say maybe negligent homicide. But that's all premeditated. People still have to make the decision to follow them, the decision to not help, and so on. If you're a medical professional out there, I don't want you to be offended by this. I want it to move you. And it's only my opinion. It's only one story out of many. You can find them for yourselves. I hope that you do. Of course, you can always let me know what you think at, uh, by emailing me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. Next week, we have episode 59, Exposing the Game. I have uh, Eric Karan uh, uh, for you. I have 
Bill Warner, Dr. Bill Warner back. I have Soslin Timonson back, and we're going to hit uh, several topics, and I'm going to kind of wrap it up. It's going to be a little bit of a longer uh, episode because of the, of the length of interviews, but uh, I hope you join us, and uh, we'll see you next week.